gentlemen, East County Performing Arts Association welcomes you to the first production of our second season of year-round theater in Julian, California. If you are not already a subscriber, please note the special offer included in your program. In case of emergency, the primary exit is to the rear of the house through the door you enter. Toilet facilities are available on the ground floor down the lobby stairs. Concessions will be offered for sale during our 20-minute intermission. Finally, we ask that you help us go back in time by turning off the sound on your mobile devices. Welcome to Night on the Town. This evening, we will be presenting a show that includes four episodes of actual radio plays that were broadcast live over the air during the 1940s, a time when people gathered around the radio after dinner. You will hear stories that will have you laughing, give you a chill to the bone, and test your detective skills. We hope to leave you amused, titillated, intrigued, but most of all, entertained. Please sit back, relax, and enjoy the talents of radio station KJUL. In world news, the United Nations has started another organization to help children, UNICEF, or United Nations International <coughs> Children's Emergency Fund, will be helping disadvantaged children throughout the world. In U.S. news, the battle at Alcatraz is over. There are six inmates who have attempted to escape and took the prison hostage. They have been killed along with two of the prison guards. The Everglades Park in Florida has been dedicated as a national park by President Truman. In local news, since the war has ended, the U.S. Navy repair station here in San Diego has been redesignated by the Secretary of the Navy as the Naval Station San Diego. The base will continue to support and repair active fleet ships. In Balboa Park, as the first step of a carefully planned expansion program, the San Diego Zoo has just completed a set of modern uniform cages to house many of the smaller animals. Located in the northeast corner of the zoo, the new unit contains squirrels, porcupines, and other small rodents. <laughs> Stay tuned for more news breaks. Coming up, KJUL Story Hour. Hey, Barbara, Nancy tried to make those lemon bars you had at the Halloween party. Yeah? They didn't come out as good. Well, that's odd. I make them all the time and everybody loves them. Yeah, we love them too. Mm -hmm. Nancy thought maybe an ingredient was wrong. Can you write it down again for her? She wants to make them for a baby shower this weekend. Uh, sure. Oh, hi, Lila. How are you, Tom? I'm well, thank you. Hello, William. Hi. I have coffee. If anyone wants some? Yeah, I'll take some. No, you won't. You'll drink it off. Well, nobody else drinks it. That's because you drink it off. <laughs> Carol, it's very fetching. Oh, I think you, Judy. Oh, I got it on sale down inside. It's the perfect color. They're moving, you know. Who? Sykes. They're moving across town. Everything's on sale. Oh, very lucky. Is the water cooler fixed? No, still broken. Oh, it's my husband Roger's birthday today. If you all want to go down to Joe's 
I don't know. Is Roger going to be there? Is he buying? You should be buying him a drink, cheapskate. Oh. Hey, Larry, Dennis is out again. Can you read his lines? But again? I read for him last week. Why is he out this time? He's sick. Sick. He's sick, all right. Sick of working. Oh, Larry, I'll do it. Uh, you're in Aces, Barbara. Yeah, I am there already, but I can handle it. Are you sure? No problem. <laughs> Thank you. I think Dennis should be buying drinks. <laughs> you got that right. Boys, really? Good evening, Tom. Oh, good evening, Gracie. Hello, Tom. Hello, George. Oh, hey, guys, I don't think we have time tonight. No way! Come on! You said that last week. And the week before that. And the week before that. How long is it again? Very short. Eight. Ten minutes. Eight minutes? It's quick. It's good. You'll like it. What is it again? It's a mystery stack. Like this mystery soap where the whodunit, where the sky... Okay, okay, okay. You've got five minutes. You go on after Mink. Five minutes? Yes! What? It'll be fine. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, of course. Uh, you guys need to step back. We, we need to get on the air. Can't do five minutes. Two minutes to air, everybody. Well, cut. Cut it. How? Just give me a pen. <laughs> One minute to air, places. <clears throat> Quiet on set, please. We are on air in five. Four, three, two. George, I'm thinking of buying a house. What? Well, I talked to Tyler and Angela do real estate today. They are such nice people. They said they could help with whatever I needed. Gracie, we have a house. Oh, it's not for me, silly. It's for mother. <laughs> Your mother? Oh, yes. Wouldn't it be wonderful if she lived here? I'm not sure wonderful is the word for it. Well, Mother and I were talking this morning, and I said I wish she lived closer. Then I was talking about it to Blanche Morton, and, and she gave me a card. It said, real estate for real people. And I thought, it's just like a hint. <laughs> you mean like a sign? Well, of course it's a sign, George. You gotta be able to read it. Yeah, of course. I'm gonna make a list of all the things Mother wants so they can find the perfect place. I'm sure they'll love that. I want you to give it to Tyler and Angela today so they can get started. Um, the card is on the desk, and it says real, real estate, estate for, for real people. Oh. Got it. Thank you, dear. <laughs> Tyler and Angela do They do real estate for real people today Don't be shy, hear what you say Come on by, you'll believe all your parents do Follow your cue Do you need a good house for an unaffordable price From a couple of folks who are really nice Stop on by, you don't have to think twice to Thanksgiving morning as we look in at the Burns' home. But that's not the subject of discussion between George and Gracie. It seems that George is going to be best man at a friend's wedding, and he's telling Gracie all about it. 
It's Bob Webster who's getting married, Gracie. Bob Webster? Yeah, you remember the Webster boys. We had them here for dinner one night. Oh, yes. Oh, Bob is the one who spilled gravy on the tablecloth's brother. Uh, yeah, that's him. Well, Bob is finally going to settle down and marry himself a wife. Oh, well, wouldn't it be better if he married a single girl? <laughs> she, she is single. Oh, good. Well, do I know her? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, she's marrying Carol. Oh, I thought she was marrying Bob Webster. <laughs> Who's Bob marrying? Marrying Carol. He's marrying the same person? No, 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 no. Well, then who's he marrying? No, marrying Carol. Well, George, for a best man, you certainly are mixed up. <laughs> Gracie, this Marion is spelled M-A-R-I-A-N. Now do you understand? Well, of course I do. I'm no dumbbell. Good. The bride is Marion Carol. All right. Now, who's the groom, Marion? <laughs> oh, nuts. Oh, nuts. What's well, an Irish girl, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Molly O'Nuts. <laughs> well, anyway, this is the first time I've ever been a best man. How, how do you think I should dress? Well, the usual way. Uh, first you put on your underwear, then you put uh, your no, socks. No, no, I don't mean that. I mean, how should I dress at the wedding? Oh, I wouldn't. I'd dress here. <laughs> well, forget the whole thing. I'll go to the wedding in a tuxedo. Well, it's only a couple of blocks. Why don't you walk? <laughs> Look, tuxedo is that funny black suit I wore when we got married. Have you still got that suit? Well, sure. Well, you must owe a lot of rent on it by now. <laughs> yeah, about $30,000. Really? <laughs> now, I'm going to go out and borrow some studs. But first, I better put this wedding ring where it'll be safe. Oh, oh, what a beautiful ring. Why, it's set with diamonds and everything. Yeah, Bob was so nervous, he asked me to keep it. Oh, let me wear it until the wedding tomorrow. Oh, oh no, no, no. You might lose it. Besides, you've already got a wedding ring. Oh, but this one is so beautiful. Gracie, a wedding ring is just a symbol. It doesn't matter if it's solid brass. Well, I know. I love mine. But this one is so exquisite. Well, I won't lose it. I, I've never lost mine. Honey, this ring cost a thousand dollars. Yours cost five dollars. <laughs> no, no, George, no. My ring cost ten dollars. No, I paid five dollars for it. Are you sure? Certainly. Well, then you forgot to give me my change. <laughs> I'll owe it to you. And, and Bob's ring goes in this drawer, and I want it to stay there. Now, I gotta get some tuxedo studs and get the suit pressed. Oh, look, it's Blanche Morton at the back door. Well, come on in, Blanche. Well, hello, folks. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, same oh, to thank you, Blanche. Say, Gracie, I'm having a bunch in for dinner. I wonder, could, could I borrow that wonderful little pot of yours that cooks things so fast? Oh, well, certainly. Go along with her, George. Uh, no, no, I mean your presto cooker. Oh, that. Well, sure. I'll be finished with it in a few minutes. Well, say, Blanche, has Harry got some tuxedo studs I can borrow? I think so. Yeah, I'm best man at Bob Webster's wedding tomorrow. <laughs>
Really? Who's Bob Marion? Marion Carroll. What? No, no, George, you're mixed up again. He's Marion Molly O'Nuts. <laughs> Let's not get back into that routine. I'll run over and get the studs from Harry. So how's your Thanksgiving dinner coming along, Gracie? Oh, just fine, Blanche. Well, see, I've made pumpkin pie and chestnut dressing, and, and see, I've got the oven set to 350 degrees. Mm. Why, that's perfect for browning a turkey. Well, that reminds me, I, I better look at it. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. You bite the turkey? No, I forgot to get one. Oh, <laughs> oh fine, all that George is so hungry he can eat the table leaves. Oh, quick, put him in the oven. Uh, I was only kidding, Gracie. You gotta get a turkey. But, but Blanche, the markets are all closed. How will I find one? You drive out to the country and you buy one from a farmer. Oh, that's a good idea. Sure. You, you want a Tom turkey? Tom turkey? Sam turkey? Who cares what his name is? Why, I'm gonna feed him to George, not introduce him. <laughs> now, you help yourself to the cooker. I'll head for the country. All right. Oh. Oh, I wonder if I dare. Yes. I'll wear it. Oh, Blanche. Now, isn't this a beautiful wedding ring? Oh, it's magnificent. Oh, you lucky girl. Oh, no, no, it's not mine. It belongs to the girl Bob Webster's going to marry. Oh, nuts. Well, yeah, that's right. Molly. <laughs> George told me not to wear it, but I'm going to anyhow. Gracie, are you the sort of wife who disobeys her husband? Well, sure. I'm normal. <laughs> well, I'll see you later, Blanche. Well, there they are, ma'am. I've got about 20 turkeys left. I'm selling them for 60 cents a pound. Oh, well, I guess I'll have to pay it, but my husband insists on turkey. But that does seem high. Costs a lot of money to feed an old gobbler. Yes, especially when he insists on turkey. <laughs> Want me to pick one out for you? Oh, no, no, you might try to fool me. I'll pick them out myself. Why, I'm an expert on turkeys. I know all about them from their manes to their withers. Yes, I can tell you're an expert, all right. See one you want. Um, oh, I see one I don't want. That turkey nearest the fence, why, it's got flat feet. Yep, besides, it's a duck. <laughs> well, I want a turkey. He'll be a fine bird when he grows up. He's milk-fed. Oh, now there you go trying to fool me. Why, that turkey couldn't be milk-fed. He's too short to reach a cow's faucet. I'm, try I'm sorry I tried to fool you. Well, I better pick out a turkey. Uh, eeny, meeny, miny, oh, oh my goodness. What's the matter? The wedding ring, oh, it's gone. They must have slipped off my finger here in the pen. Well, I don't see nothing of it. Oh, if that ring's gone, my husband will murder me. It's a thousand dollar wedding ring. I bet I know what happened. One of them turkeys took it. Well, quick, which one of them's planning to get married? <laughs> Lady, I mean one of them turkeys swallowed it. Oh, why, that's terrible. You see, the, the ring isn't mine. My husband had it for another woman. <laughs> My, you Hollywood folk. Oh, quick, you gotta get it out of the turkey. 
Well, I don't know which one swallowed it. Oh, I wish it'd been my wedding ring. We'd know right away. He turned green. <laughs> but you, you've got to get it. Well, I can't kill all them turkeys, and it's too late to sell them. I don't want you to kill them. Just turn them inside out and shake them. Lady, the only way to find that ring is for you to buy these turkeys and let me kill them. No, sir. I can't let 19 innocent turkeys die just because one of them is a thief. I'll take them home with me and, and find the guilty one somehow. Well, just as you say, ma'am. But how will I get all these turkeys into town? I'll truck them in. Well, that's a long way to dance. But then you look healthy. All right, here's my address. Uh, please put them on the back porch. Gracie, I'm home. Where are you? Huh. I guess she's out in the kitchen. Hey, Gracie, I got some tuxedo studs. No, not here either. Maybe she's on the back porch. <laughs> Holy smokes. Her mother's here for Thanksgiving. No, I can't be her mother. She talks louder than that. I'll have another look. multiply like rabbits. Turkeys lay eggs. Well, there's something rabbits can't do, so they're even. Yeah. Gracie, stop being silly. Why did you buy 20 turkeys? Oh, all right. I, I guess I'll have to tell you the truth. Well, I should hope so. It's enough turkeys to fill the Salvation Army baskets. Oh, you guessed it. Huh? Those turkeys are for the Salvation Army. They were donated by a, a kind farmer. Oh, well, thanks for telling the truth. Well, thanks for thinking of it. <laughs> now, excuse me, dear, I, I have to run out and borrow some fishing tackle. Are you going fishing? Where? Well, if I told you, you'd say I was crazy. <laughs> I'll take a chance. Uh, where are you going fishing? Inside those turkeys. You're crazy. Oh, see, I told you. But, Gracie. Goodbye, dear. Oh, what a little screwball. Well, I'll put a stop to this foolishness. I'll call the Salvation Army and tell them to come and pick up their turkeys. What? You let the Salvation Army take those turkeys? Well, certainly. They have to dress them and send them out. Well, they may have to dress 19 of them, but one of those turkeys can afford the best tailor in town. What? I'll see you later, dear. What are you talking about? Oh, 
Yes, ma'am. Oh, um, do you still have the turkeys you got from Mr. Burns? Why, yes. Oh, thank goodness. He wants them back right away. You mean he's changed his mind? Yeah. Uh, yes, he, that's it, he's changed it. Um, he gave you the turkeys by mistake. He meant to give you change. Um, lose change. Huh? Well, um, you see, my husband was too proud to tell you, but our children are starving, and, and that's why we've simply got to have those turkeys back. All 20 of them? Yes. But Mrs. Burns, 20 turkeys will feed 200 children. So? Four of my children will go hungry. It's impossible for a woman to have 204 children. Well, I had them the easy way. Uh, 102 sets of twins. 102 <laughs> sets of twins. Well, my husband makes bookends, you see, and, and it's affected his whole life. Mrs. Burns, I'm afraid this is unbelievable. You don't believe my husband makes bookends? I don't believe any of it. Oh. Well, all right, I'll tell you the truth. One of those turkeys has a thousand-dollar ring inside of it. Oh, I'm afraid you're mistaken. No ring was found when those turkeys were cleaned. Well, it, it must have been there. What cleaner did you send them to? We cleaned them ourselves, and there was no ring, and... Wait a moment. There was a baby turkey in the flock, too small to kill. He's here in the back room. Maybe he swallowed the ring. A juvenile delinquent. I'm sure he didn't swallow the ring. Oh, sounds like I was wrong. Shall we kill him and recover the ring? Oh no, he's just a baby and an orphan. You've already killed his mother and father and all his aunts and uncles. Oh, oh don't you worry, little turkey. Gracie will protect you. I'll take him home with me. But Mrs. Burns, that turkey has a thousand dollar ring inside of him. How will you get it? Well, I'll think of something. Come on, you little Fort Knox with feathers. <laughs> the hills of home. Friendly American hills that today embrace a grateful nation, offering thanks for bountiful crops and rich harvests. Yes. On this most traditional of all American holidays, happy families are gathered at home celebrating this Thanksgiving in feasting and good cheer, enjoying the warm fellowship and generous hospitality that makes this day one of the favorite holidays of the year. And the folks at Tyler and Angela Do Real Estate are happy indeed they are able to help people find their perfect home to have Thanksgiving traditions. I told you not to touch that ring. Now it's inside this silly turkey. Oh, please, George, he didn't know what he was doing. He's just a baby, an orphan. Orphan, smorphin. I'm gonna chop off his head, cut him open, and take him apart. Oh, but George, he might not survive a thing like that. <laughs> well, so he doesn't survive. Now give him here. No, no, wait, wait. George, we're not absolutely positive he swallowed the ring. Let's make sure before we do anything. How? Well, let's take him to the doctor and have him x-rayed. I am not going to a doctor's office just to have a turkey x-rayed. Well, all right, while we're there, we can take out your appendix. <laughs> now, give me the turkey. No, no, George. You may be hurt 
We'll take him to the doctor and have him x-rayed. Oh, no, we won't. Oh, yes, we will. <laughs> oh, no, we won't. Here's the doctor's office, George. <laughs> uh, you stay in here with the turkey. I'll go see if the doctor's busy. Make it snappy. Oh, be quiet. Come in. Uh, are you the doctor? Yes, I'm sorry my receptionist isn't here today, but I always come into the office on Thanksgiving do a tremendous bicarbonate business. Oh, well, I want you to take an x-ray. Very well. Step behind that screen and remove your clothes, please. All right, doctor, uh, but can I peek over the screen while you x-ray the patient? You're not the patient. Oh, no. No, my husband has him outside. Um, we think he swallowed a ring. Oh, a baby. Yes. Yes, he's only about two weeks old. Is he in any pain? Oh, no. No, he's very lively. On the way here, he jumped out of the car, and my husband had to chase him for a block. And he's only two weeks old? But very agile. We finally caught him on top of the mailbox. This promises to be a very interesting case. How did he happen to swallow this ring? Well, the ring fell on the ground, and I think he ate it by mistake when he snapped at a grasshopper. You allow him to eat grasshoppers? What kind of mother are you? Oh, I'm not his mother. No, he's an orphan. His mother and father were killed by the Salvation Army. <laughs> I'm a bit confused. Suppose you just bring the patient in. All right. Oh, I hope you can take the x-ray through his feathers. The baby has feathers. Well, certainly. All turkeys do. The patient is a turkey. Yes. Now I'll bring him in for x-rays. Madam, I am not a veterinarian. Well, who cares if you eat meat? Just x-ray the patient. I'll make a bargain with you. I'll x-ray your turkey if you promise never to tell anyone. All right, if you don't want the business. Oh, imagine you thinking the turkey was a baby. Oh, well, I guess I should have realized that a two-week-old baby wouldn't snap at grasshoppers. Oh, of course not. My brother really didn't start until he was a grown man. For this, I opened the office. <laughs> All right, George, bring the turkey in. Here he is, doctor. Gosh, I feel silly. You are not alone. <laughs> now, quiet, baby. You're going to be x-rayed to see if you swallowed a ring. I'll just put him behind the fluoroscope here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I don't see the ring, but he certainly has swallowed a lot of bones. You are looking at his skeleton. <laughs> wait! Wait, I see it! The ring is in his esophagus. Oh, now really, doctor, I'm over 21. You can say stomach in front of me. It's not in the bird's stomach. It's lodged halfway down its throat. Can we, uh, can we get it without killing him? Not unless he coughs it up, and turkeys rarely cough. Then I'll have to kill him. Come on, Gracie. No, no, George, please. 
Give him a chance. Well, but suppose he never coughs up the ring. I'll have to cough up a thousand dollars. Oh, I thought you kept the money in the bank. Oh, come on. <laughs> If you give me a minute, I'll explain this thing. Okay. Well, it's a fascinating story. See, there's, there's a big wedding tomorrow, mm -hmm. and I've been named as the best man. Well, right away, that's fascinating. Yeah, well, Bob Webster's getting married, and he gave me a wedding ring to keep for him. Bob Webster, huh? Who's he marrying? Marion Carroll. Oh, George, you still haven't got it straight. He's marrying that Irish girl. Oh, quiet. I thought it was oh nuts. <laughs> oh, a habit couple looking for a house. They should go talk to my friends, Tyler and Angela do real estate. Well, I think they already are looking at houses. They should still go talk to Angela and Tyler. They can help with whatever they need at whatever stage they are. Well, I'll let Bob know. I, I hear you and Gracie are looking for a house. Gracie is looking for a house for her mother. I gave a list of her demands, uh, wishes to them this afternoon. Great. They do real estate for real people anywhere in the county. Oh, Mother's going to live right next door. Uh, well, anyway, Margaret, <laughs> the ring cost $1,000, Gracie dropped it, and this turkey swallowed it. And, and now George wants to kill the little defenseless turkey. Oh, well, how can we stop him, Margaret? Oh, that's easy. Give the poor, miserable little creature a bop on the head. The turkey? No, George. Oh. <laughs> and, and then he'll be so shocked he won't want to kill the turkey, then he'll go out into the world with a smile on his handsome face, and you'll be proud of the scene with him. George? No, the turkey. <laughs> oh, you'll be proud of George, too, but he'll, and he'll be happy because Tyler and Angela made you and your mama happy, which makes George happy. It will warm his heart and keep him from harming that innocent bird. Then your little pet can waddle around the house, and you can feed him and care for him all his life. The turkey! No, no George. George. <laughs> Just see, he talks that Tyler and Angela do real estate. They are good people, locals, you know. They both graduated from Julian High School and live right here. They do real estate for real people, and I know they'll be glad to hear me say that. George? No, the sponsor. Oh, a switch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've heard enough of this. I want that ring, and it's just too bad for this turkey. I'm going to take the axe and let him have it. Oh, don't let him have it, George. You'll beat your brains out. <laughs> I'm going to go out and sharpen the axe. And if that turkey hasn't coughed up the ring in 30 minutes, he's through. Come on. Oh, oh, I, 
wish I'd never seen Molly O'Quiet's wedding ring. Now, Gracie, her name is Marion Carroll, and she's a very sweet girl. I know her. You mean she's tender-hearted? Yes. Well, then I think I know how we can save this turkey. Oh, call her up and get her over here right away. You bet. So that's the situation, Marion. Your ring is inside this darling little turkey, and I know you wouldn't want to see him killed. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Mrs. Burns, but I've got to have my wedding ring. Well, you can have it, uh, but the turkey goes with it. Well, suppose people want to see the ring? Show them an x-ray. But I can't get married without a ring. Oh, sure you can. Just change the ceremony a little. The groom says, with this turkey, I leave wed. <laughs> now look, I've got to have my wedding ring. I can't go on a honeymoon without it. So the turkey goes with you. He'd make a wonderful chaperone. Well, now why would I need a chaperone on my honeymoon? Well, husbands get awfully fresh. George even tried to kiss me. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Burns, I'd be embarrassed taking a turkey on my honeymoon. Well, then wrap it up in a blanket and, and say it's your baby. I don't think that would save the embarrassment. Well, now, the turkey might cough up the ring. Well, what would make a turkey cough? Well, um... Get this picture. The three of you are on your honeymoon, and the turkey's been out for a little walk, and he comes back unexpectedly and catches you and your husband holding hands. Now, naturally, he wants to let you know he's there, so he gives a little cough. <laughs> Bingo! I'll pops the ring! Mrs. Burns, I've heard enough. Oh, I've really convinced you, huh? No. I'm being married in a few hours, and I want my ring. Turkey or no turkey? Well, look, Marion, I'll make a bargain with you. Spare this turkey's life, and I'll see that you get the thrill supreme at your wedding. What's that? My husband will sing. <laughs> oh, George's romantic voice is perfect for a wedding. But I don't think I when really... When George begins to sing, people think they're at a wedding, whether they are or not. The minute he opens his mouth, they start throwing old shoes. Oh, oh now <laughs> really, Mrs. Burns. I don't think that's very necessary. Oh. I don't think I need a supreme surprise you at my wedding. Oh, Gra Gracie, time's up. I've come for the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Mr. Burns. Oh, hello, Marion. Oh, George, George, Marion wants you to sing at her wedding. Now give her a sample of your orange blossom berry. Oh, oh, Mr. Now, Burns. now, Marion, I'll be glad to do it. Get a load of this. I love you truly, truly, dear. Life with its sorrow, life with its tears. George, the turkey's He comes my wedding ring. Oh, how wonderful. I'm just going to take this with me just to be safe. Goodbye, Mrs. Burns. Goodbye, Marion. Oh, George. Dear? George, she's gone. Oh, oh. Did I, do I get the job? Oh, yes. Swallows a wedding ring, we'll call on you. <laughs> well, I'm a success. Oh, yes, dear, yes, you are. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, good night and happy Thanksgiving.
show everybody. Suspense, get ready, you got two minutes. One minute to air, places. Quiet on set, please. We are on air in five, four, three, two. Suspense. This is the man in black here again to introduce this week's episode. A study in terror by Lucille Fletcher called The Diary of Sophronia Winters. Sponsored by Wynola Junction Antiques and Collectibles. Come take a trip down memory lane. We can't wait to see you. The story told by this diary is tonight's tale of suspense. If you've been with us, you'll know that suspense is composed of mystery and suspicion and dangerous adventure. In this series are tales calculated to intrigue you, to stir your nerves, to offer you a precarious situation and then withhold the solution until the last possible moment. It's a thriller. If it's half as good as we think it is, you can call it a shocker. And we present it proudly and without apologies. After all, a story doesn't have to appeal to the heart. It can also appeal to the spine. Sometimes you want your heart to be warmed. Sometimes you want your spine to tingle. The tingling, it's to be hoped, will be quite audible. As you listen tonight to the diary of Sophronia Winters, we again hope to keep you in suspense. February 1st, St. Petersburg, Florida. I, Sophronia Winters here, but have begun this diary because on this date, I feel for the first time that I've begun to live. Diaries are no good unless one has thrilling experiences. For 40 years, I've never had what could be really called a thrilling experience. But Papa's death has changed everything. Here I am in beautiful St. Petersburg, Florida, with everything to start laughing at. Money in my purse, two suitcases full of new clothes, and a gorgeous new permanent wave. And Florida really is the land of romance. It doesn't matter whether you're 17 or 70. There are parties and dances and bingo games and flirtations for all. My landlady, in fact, tells me that people often become engaged and even married to perfect strangers overnight. I'm still shy, of course, but just a second. It's such fun and so thrilling to think that one's fate may just be around the corner. February 3rd. Oh, diary, it is beginning! This morning when I came out of my lodging house to go down to the beach, I noticed a man, a thrilled-looking man, sitting across the street on the bench. It was just as though he were waiting for me. Because when I came out, he sort of started up, as though he knew me. Of course, I didn't speak first, but I knew the minute I started down the street that he was following me. Well, I got to the beach and sat down with my magazines, and suddenly there he was, strolling toward me with a broad smile. Well... Sitting out here all by your lonesome. Oh, yes. Yes, I am. Didn't I see you last night at the Starfish Tea Room? The Starfish Tea Room? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. 
Yes, I was there yesterday. Oh, but it was so crowded. It was so crowded. I'm afraid I don't recall. Mighty nice cuisine they've got over there. Mind if I sit beside you? Oh, no, not at all. Oh, 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 just a minute. Sit on this magazine. The beach is so sandy. Oh, sand doesn't bother me. I'm from Maine, you know. We get plenty of sand up there. Do you? You've been down here at St. Pete long? Oh, just three days. Three days? That's a long time. <laughs> it's a wonder I didn't spot you before. Oh, mister. Johnson's the name. Hiram Johnson. Oh. I come from Green Harbor, Maine. Run a big hotel up there summers. Oh. And that's my whole story in a nutshell. <laughs> well, my name's Sophronia. Sophronia Winters. Sophronia? Uh-huh. Well, you know, that's quite a coincidence. My sister-in-law's name was Sophronia. Oh. Sophronia Johnson. You ever heard of her? She looked quite a bit like you, too. Hmm, Sophronia Johnson. No, I'm afraid I haven't. Oh, was she someone very famous? I'm so ignorant about these things. Oh, that's all right. Say, look at that sun, will you? I'd say it was pretty nearly time for lunch. And Diary, darling, he is wonderful, strong and kind, warm-hearted, so generous. I don't want to be like the other silly women in this town, but Hiram is different. There's something almost poetic about him, something sad and deep. You know, Sophronia, it's kind of mysterious, us finding that nine-point starfish on the beach together. My sister-in-law, Sophronia, used to collect nine-point starfish. <laughs> and to think your name's Sophronia, and you find a nine-point starfish with me, well, it kind of draws us together, eh? What do you think? I feel as though I know him completely, as though I've known him all my life. My landlady says it's foolish. Oh, but look at Romeo and Juliet. Weren't they foolish? What's the good of waiting, Sophronia? I've got to be back at the hotel in a week. We may never see each other again. Oh, Hiram, don't say that. I, I couldn't bear it. Then let's do it right away. Tomorrow, there's a parson out on Coral Avenue who will do the job for us. We could take a nice moonlit drive out to the alligator farm afterwards, have a nice short dinner, then climb on board the Orange Blossom tomorrow night for Maine. <laughs> Just think of Maine. The big, dark pine woods, the sand, the bay, the two of us, alone together. The two of us alone together. <laughs> on this bend in a couple of minutes. Bags heavy? Oh, no, not particularly, dearest. 
Oh, I can't get over that taxi man at the station. Imagine his insolence saying that he couldn't drive a cell Well, maybe he didn't have any gas. It happens sometimes around here. Oh. Well, anyway, I'm glad the weather's so mild. Can you imagine what it'd be like in a blizzard? There's the place. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't want to take another look and talk with these bags down. Okay, now where? There, through those big pine trees. Oh, oh, it is big, isn't it? 125 rooms. My grandfather built that place 50 years ago. Hasn't been changed much since. No? Well, of course, you put in modern plumbing. Not yet. Here we are. Walk in. Oh, what's that? Just a foghorn out in the bay. Fog? We get it almost every night in this kind of weather. locking the gate for? Why not? There's nobody coming in after us or going out again for a while. But I, I thought you said the hotel. The hotel is empty. Hiram? What is it now? Hiram, darling, I know it sounds silly, but, but let's not go in there tonight. Let's, let's stay until morning. What? Silly. I've got things to eat and a place to sleep. Come on! Oh, ow! My arm! Hiram, what are you doing? You remember my telling you down in Florida about my sister-in-law, Sophronia? Yes. Well, that's her. Over there on the wall. Take a look at her. Hiram, you hurt me. Do you realize that? You twisted my arm! There she is. What do you think? Oh, well, the glass is very dusty. She must have died many years ago, but her face is sweet, very sweet, and her eyes, well, there's something very sad and wistful about her eyes. She was a murderess. What? No! She was hanged in Portland 25 years ago for the murder of my brother Ephraim, here, in the lobby of this hotel. She murdered him in cold blood with an axe. That fire axe that's hanging over there on the wall. Hiram, Mama. It's a summer day. There were guests sitting out on the front porch in rockers. It's just after lunch. My brother Ephraim was sitting at the desk counting his loose change. My mother was crocheting that old wicker rocking chair. Sophronia came downstairs humming a hymn. Don't, Hiram, please, please don't tell me anymore. Why not? Well, it makes me nervous to hear it like this in this big shadowy lobby. And, and your eyes, Hiram, your eyes, well, you're acting so strange. What's the matter with you, dear? 
I know it was a terrible tragedy, but it happened 25 years ago. Don't touch me, Sophronia. Don't touch you. Do you remember what I said to you in Florida? What you said? Well, you, you said a million sweet and wonderful things to me, Hiram. I said you resembled my dead sister-in-law. Look at her again. Look at her closely, Sophronia. But what? No, I can't. It's too horrible. I can't look at her face with any pleasure now, knowing she was a murderer. You're afraid to look? Is that it? No, I'm not afraid. Hiram, please, my arm. Very well, I'll look. Now, stand there quietly, like that. Take off your glasses. Ah. That's all I wanted to see. That's all I wanted to see. February 13th, Green Harbor Hotel, Maine. I can't understand it. I try to fathom it, but my head aches and my heart is heavy. The hotel is deserted, has been for 25 years. Everything is covered with spiders and cobwebs. The great dining room with its oak woodwork is alive with rats. And the row of broken rocking chairs on the front porch faces emptily out to the sea. Does he mean this to be my home? He's downstairs in the shabby parlor, off the lobby playing the harmonium. Sophronia. Yes? Yes, Hiram? Sleeping. Why is your door locked? Come out. I want to show you around the place. It's, it's all right, dear. I've, I've seen it. I've seen just about everything. No, you haven't. You haven't seen the grounds at all. The grounds? But, Hiram, it's after midnight. I want to show you where my sister-in-law, Sophronia, is buried. Sophronia, I want you to come now. No! No, I, I shan't. Now go away and leave me alone. I won't. I won't. I won't. No use carrying on like that. You see, I have pass keys to all the doors. And there you see beyond. Where the four birches are standing is where my sister-in-law, Sophronia, was laid away 25 years ago. It was the biggest funeral in the neighborhood. Folks crowded round outside the gate by the dozens trying to get a look, but we wouldn't let them. Buried her ourselves without a service, out here by herself on the grounds. Ephraim is buried in town, but not Sophronia. I had a feeling I'd have to keep an eye on her even then. Keep an eye on her? I knew she was one of those restless sleepers who wouldn't stay quiet in her own grave. Mm -hmm. I knew before the year was out she'd find some way to start roaming around, hunting for mischief again. She was a young she-devil to the core, Sophronia. 
They could hang her till doomsday. Would it do any good? You mean you... You think she haunts this hotel? Oh, no, not this hotel. She never had any use for it, alive or dead. No, she makes for the warmer climates. She was always a cold-blooded little fish, freezing and shivering all the time. It's places like California and Texas and Florida she makes for. Florida? Yes, that's one of her favorite haunts, particularly around St. Pete. She likes the flowers and the sun and the romance. Hiram, I feel cold. Do you mind if I go inside now? Just a minute, just a minute! I haven't explained everything. You think I'm crazy, I guess. Crazy. But I'm a lot smarter than some people give me credit for, because you see, I have found her now. Three times. <laughs> Do you see that grove of birches over there? Under every one of them's a grave. I found her wandering the earth in disguise three times. And I've killed her three times. And it still doesn't do any good. She's still restless. You mean you, you've killed three different women? So now I keep another open grave to remind her. It's waiting now. Would you like to see it, Sophronia? No, Hiram, please. I, Are I, you afraid to see it, Sophronia? No, uh, Hiram, you don't mean to say that you think just because my name happens to be Sophronia and that, that I look just a little Think like what, Sophronia? Nothing. February 14th. My mind is made up. God I've made a terrible mistake. I must get away from this place. I must get away from Hiram as quickly as I can. <coughs> it should be easy. There's no fog today. If I can only escape from the hotel, I can run and hide in the pine woods. But no. No, I should wait for dusk when he genuinely sits down in the parlor and plays a harmonia. <laughs> Sophronia, Sophronia, Sophronia! Oh, there you are. What's the matter? Anything wrong? No, Hiram. You didn't want anything outside, did you? Because if you do, you'll have to ask me to get it for you. You see, I always keep the front door locked. Yes, of course. And the back door, too. And all the doors leading into the porches and fire escapes, and a good many of the windows. 
makes one feel safe from thieves and peeping toms. You've got a cold. That's too bad. Yes, I must have caught it last night outdoors. The damp. You ought to be in bed, a good bed. The only good bed in the house is my sister-in-law Sophronia's old room. No, no, I'm, I, I'm all right. It's, it's just a little head cold. Oh, little head colds often develop into pneumonia. Why, it's too bad I didn't think of it before. You might have slept in her bed from the beginning. Here, up these stairs. What? What's the matter? Are you so weak? No, no, I'm, I'm all right. This room, it's the cleanest one in the hotel. You see, I've kept everything as it was. What's the matter? It seems kind of familiar. No, 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 no. It, it's just that seeing it so clean as though someone were living here, as though they'd only just stepped out for a moment. It's as if she left it that afternoon when she walked down to murder my brother. You see her needlework on the table with the needle sticking out of it, and her hymn book still open. She was very fond of singing hymns, Sophronia was. Had a nice voice, too. I used to accompany her. I'll turn down the bed for you. Then you can get undressed while I go and make you some hot tea. Uh, no, thank you. Here's the closet. You can put on one of Sophronia's dressing gowns. Daddy, I'm beside myself. I shall go mad. I shall go mad. Two hours have passed since he locked the door upon me. Night's fallen and I'm alone. Alone in this horrible room with its hideous little mementos of death. I'm sitting here at our little wicker table, trying to be calm, trying to write this. Somehow, when one writes about a thing, it doesn't appear so real. My hand just brushed up against her needlework, her hymn book. Where they still lie, waiting. I can't bear having them near me no longer. I must get them out of my sight. Anywhere in that closet or viewer drawer. Ready for your tea? No. Uh, yes, Hiram. Why aren't you in bed? You'll take worse cold, you know. I'll get in bed in a minute. Oh, oh, brushing up on your needlework again. My needlework? You've got it in your hands. Have I? Oh, yes, so I have, but... But I wasn't working on it, Hiram. I swear, I wasn't. I, I've never done a stitch of needlework in, the home, in my whole life. I don't know one embroidery stitch from another. Let me show you. Look, I don't even know how to hold the needle. Get into bed, Sophronia. You're feverish. Before you go on, Hiram, before you go on thinking, I... We've got to have an understanding. You've got to let me explain. 
I was born in 1892 in Charleston, South Carolina. My name is Sophronia, that's true. But they named lots of people Sophronia. I was named after my grandmother. She had just died. Wait, no, you've got to let, you've got to listen to me. Please, I've lived in Charleston all my life. If you'd only just write a letter or send a wire. I've never heard of Green Harbor before. I've never went anywhere for almost 10 years. I stayed home day in and day out nursing Papa. He had a stroke. It was a red brick house with green shutters. Sophronia. He's come. Sophronia, come downstairs. I want you to sing me a hymn. Sing? He's never asked me to sing one before. But she sang. I can't sing, dear. I told you that long ago. Did you? Well, I'd forgotten. Unlocked. Try it. Unlocked? Oh no, could it be? Oh. oh, it is. It is, and I never knew it. Oh, I never knew it. Coming.
So you remember that, too. Of course you know the front and back doors are still locked. Play a few bars, Hiram dear, to warm me up. Shall I sing too, Sophronia? Would you like me to sing along with you? If it pleases you, Hiram. Work for the night is coming, work in the morning sun. Work for the night is coming, when man's work is done. Work while the daylight darkens, work in the summer sun. Work for the night is coming! is the diary of Sophronia Winters. Tonight's tale of suspense. This is your narrator, the man in black, who conveys to you an invitation to spend this half hour in suspense with us again. Until then, we leave you in suspense. Great show, everybody. Me.
misses. <clears throat> Quiet on set, please. We are on air in five, four, three, two. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you Easy Aces, the mink coat, brought to you by Mom's Apple Pie. They staple with Julian for 39 years. Mom's delicious homemade pies are made with famous Julian apples and flaky crusts. They're highly sought after by locals and tourists alike. Stop in at Mom's Pie House on Main Street for a delicious whole or piece of pie. In addition to her popular pies and mouth-watering flavors, she has lunch items, coffee, and a wide variety of refreshing beverages, cookies, and other homemade sweet treats. You can also visit her Winola location on Highway 78, which has the same great menu as the town store. While there, stay a few, have a picnic, in the garden, stroll through the vegetable and flower beds. <laughs> and it's pet friendly too. Mom's Pie House, a Julian favorite. <laughs> if you eat your papa's pie and you need some more, well, you know you can't replace it at the general store. He's gonna get home soon, so you don't wanna wait. You can visit us in Juliana 78. We'll get you all the best just as quick as a mouse. Come on down to Mom's Pie House. So delicious that you may just have to clean off your blouse. Come on down to Mom's Pie House. Mm. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Easy Aces. in every woman's life, it seems, when she feels she simply cannot go on another day unless she gets a new mink coat. <laughs> that time has come to Jane Ace, who's been drooling over a mink coat in the window of a local furrier. Now we find Jane in the living room of the Ace's bungalow, trying to find a way to slip this delicate matter past her husband. Now, dear, let me see if I've got everything down on my list that I want to buy tomorrow. Toothbrush, soap, cleansing cream, mink coat, shower cap, bobby pins, and lipstick. Anything you want? Um, yes, that sounds fine. Dear, you're not listening. Put that newspaper down. Look at my shopping list and see if you want to add anything. Oh, let's see. Toothbrush, soap, cleansing cream, mink coat, shower cap, bobby pins, and lipstick. No, I don't need anything. <laughs> Unless you want to return those ginger ale bottles. We get a nickel back on each one and every little bit helps. <laughs> what? Mink coat? What is this thing here? Where? Oh, yes. Mink coat. I've been meaning to talk to you about that. You know, that fur shop around the corner? Well, I pass it every day and there's this dreamy mink coat in the window. It's so nice. The girl wearing it looks so smart. Of course, I know she's just a dummy, but I could look smart and dreamy too if 
I had that coat. Really? And how much is the coat? It's full length and it'll cover all my dresses. How much? And it's it's softest make. How oh. much? Wait, wait, you haven't heard the half of it. How much, Jane? $750? That actually sounds pretty reasonable. Four good mink coats. Well, now that you've heard the half of it, uh, altogether it's $1,500. Oh, Jane, we simply can't afford it. Oh, don't be such a tightrope. I bet we could. Isn't that awful, Jane? Look, tell you what I'm going to do. I knew you would, dear. Wait a minute now. Listen to this. I've got a big new advertising account coming up pretty soon. Pretty good chance of getting it, too. The Crown Paint Company. If I get it, I'll make a nice commission out of it, and you can get that mink coat. Oh, thanks, dear. Wait, I said if I get the account. I have a 50% chance of getting it. Well, that's half the coat already, and you'll get it. I know it. Oh, I'm so excited, I can hardly wait. I'm all on pins and cushions. <laughs> Good morning, Davis Furs. Hello. This is Mrs. Jane Ace. Mr. Davis, remember that mink coat that I've been looking at? I certainly do. A lot of women have been looking at it. I'm certain they are. Well, could you hold that coat for me? You mean you're buying it? Well, practically. What do you mean, practically? Well, my husband said it's 60% certain I can buy it. Well, good for you. That is, if he'll really let you buy it. Oh, I'm sure he will, because if he wouldn't, he would have come right out flat-headed and said so. And he said it's 60%, I can get it, so can you please hold it for me? Tell you what, I don't usually hold coats without at least a deposit, but I have a certain reason for doing it for you. Because if you'll buy this coat, it'll come in mighty handy for me. My wife will be thrilled to hear about this. In fact, I'm going to call her now and tell her. Hello? Hello. Is this the lovely Mrs. Davis? This is a man named Davis who claims to be married to you. Hello, John, you silly thing. Oh, silly am I? Not too silly to buy you that home out in the suburbs you've been wanting so bad. Oh, John, you don't mean it. Are we really finally going to buy that home? Well, it's practically ours. What do you mean, practically? Well, it's 70% ours. 70%? <laughs> I think I've just sold that expensive mink coat I've had in the shop for so long. Mrs. Ace just called me and said her husband told her he was 70% certain she could have it. And he wouldn't have come out flat-headed and said it if it wasn't true, right? John, you're excited too. I certainly am. Now you get on the phone and call Mr. Herman of the real estate company right now. Tell him we want that house. Herman Real Estate, Mr. Herman speaking. Hello, Mr. Herman. This is Mrs. Davis speaking again. Oh, hello, Mrs. Davis. How are you? Have you some good news for me? Why, yes, I do. The good news is we're going to buy that house. Well, I'm thrilled for you. Your husband's changed his mind rather suddenly, didn't he? He certainly did, but the house is practically ours now. What do you mean, practically? Well, John came out flat-headed and said it was 80% certain we'd buy it. <laughs> Just waiting for a minor detail. I'm sure it's going to be all right. So, Mr. Herman, I wanted to remind you that you promised to fix the place up, especially painting. You said that you'd paint it. It certainly needs painting, and I want to make sure you're going to get that done. 
Oh, yes, uh, it is going to be painted. As a matter of fact, that's the last house in the subdivision out there. And now that you're going to buy it, I'm going to order a paint job for every house in that section. In fact, I'll call the paint people right now. Crown Paint Company, this is Mr. Crown. Oh, Mr. Crown, this is Mr. Herman again. Oh, hello, Herman. How are you today? Fine. Got good news for you. On that paint order, it looks like I'll be needing about 500 gallons to start with. Yes, we sold that last house. Well, it's about 90%, sir. 90%? Well... I mean the woman's husband didn't come out flat-headed and say no. I just want to get my order in plenty of time so that I can make the necessary arrangements. Okay, okay, I have some more arrangements of my own to make. Been waiting to hear from you on that order before I did anything. Thanks for calling, Mr. Herman. Uh, this is Mr. Ace. This is Mr. Crown of Crown Paint. Oh, hello, Mr. Crown, what's new? Well, it looks like we're going to be doing some advertising business. Really? You think so? I think so. Uh, it's about 99%. So. <laughs> I can tell you now the reason I've been hesitating. We've been waiting for a pretty big paint order, and it looks like now we're going to get it. It's about 99% certain. Well, wait for my call about 3 or 4 o'clock this afternoon, and I'll give you the definite okay. And while you're waiting, start thinking about ideas for this new paint we've got. It's a one-coat paint. One coat? <laughs> That's an appropriate name. Yes, because it only takes one coat. Well, no, I meant because I promised my wife to buy her a coat if I landed this account. Oh, I see. One <laughs> coat. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Well, <laughs> I'll work out some ideas, Mr. Crown, and wait for your call. But I've got a call of my own to make right now. But three o'clock came, four o'clock came. However, a call from the Crown Paint Company did not come. Finally, Ace came to his senses, decided to take matters into his own hands, and called Mr. Crown himself. Mr. Crown, what happened to the account? You said it was 99% certain. Well, it was, but I've been waiting to hear from a certain party about that deal I expected to put over and I didn't hear. <laughs> I think I'll give him a ring and find out what happened. Hello, Mr. Herman, what happened to that paint order? Well, I've been waiting to hear from that woman who was going to buy that last house. She told me it was 90% certain. I think I'll call her and see what's going on. Yes, this is Mrs. Davis. Oh, Mrs. Davis, this is Mr. Herman. How about that house? Weren't you coming over to sign the papers and make a deposit? Well, I was. I was 80% certain I was. But I've been waiting to hear from my husband. I haven't heard from him all day. I'll tell you what, Mr. Herman. I'll give him a ring and be back to you soon. But honey, I expected to hear from Mrs. Ace, and she hasn't called me. She told me it was 70% certain. Well, Mr. Herman is calling me like mad, John. All right, I'll call up Mrs. Ace and find out what's going on. See you later, honey. But Mrs. Mr. Davis, I've been waiting all afternoon to hear from my husband. 
He said it was 60% certain, but he hasn't called. I've been sitting at this phone till I'm black and blue. I even took four showers. Four showers? The phone always rings when I'm in the shower. <laughs> and he hasn't called you? Mrs. Ace, don't kid me. Are you sure your husband didn't say no? Come clean now. Come clean? <laughs> Mr. Davis, I told you about the four showers. <laughs> I'm going to call Mr. Ace and see if it's going on or not. This puts Jane in a pretty tough spot. So Jane gets an idea. She decides to sew her initials into the coat. If she takes this initial piece of action, the rest of the pieces will fall into place. And so the next day. Get thee behind me, Satin. I'm gonna get that mink coat. By hook or by ladder, I'm gonna get it. Hello. Davis Burns. Uh, hello, Mrs. Ace. This is Mr. Davis. Who? Davis. D-A-V, I mean A-C-E, Davis. Jane Davis. Oh. <laughs> oh, 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 dear. I meant Jane Ace. Oh, yes, Mrs. Ace. Am I glad to hear from you? Yes, it's about those initials. Uh, I'll take the coat. Initials? J-A, in the lining. Will you put the initials in? Then your husband said it was all right. We'll cross him when we come to it. Well, that's fine. I'm sure glad you called. I appreciate it. My wife appreciates it, too. In fact, I'll phone her now. John, dear, is it really true? It sure is, honey. I'll call Mr. Herman right away. <laughs> well, Mrs. Davis, I'm very happy for you. Isn't it wonderful? I'll attend to the paint job right away. Yes, sir, Mr. Herman, this is Mr. Crown. That order for the paint is official now. Thank you, I've got a call to make myself now. Yes, this is Ace. Good news, Ace, I just got confirmation on that advertising. It's all definite now. Oh, terrific, perhaps I could drop by your office first thing in the morning no, with some new ideas. Don't forget that one coat paint. Oh yes, that one coat. I mustn't forget that one coat especially. <laughs> well, goodbye, Mr. Crown. Hello, dear. Why, hello, Jane. What are you doing downtown at the office? Dear, I've done the most terrible thing I ever did in all the years we've been married and ten months. What did you do? But I want you to know how terrible I feel about it, and I'm going to cancel it. What did you do? And I also want you to know I did it of my own volition. I should have known better. What did you do? You know, when I get the urge to do something, I become completely uninhabited. What did you do? But I realize now I could never wear it with a clear conscience, no matter how cold it gets. Jane, what did you do? So I'm going to cancel the whole thing this minute. May I use your phone? No, wait a minute. What did you do? Did you, did you order that mink coat without even waiting to see if my deal went through? In other words, yes. What other words? <laughs> Don't worry, dear. I'm going to cancel it. Of course, I may have to pay the initial cost. 
costs. The initial costs? I told them to put my initials in it. Oh. <laughs> but there's still time to cancel it, and the sooner the better. Well, Jane, look, you don't have to cancel it. I just closed my deal as soon as you came in. So now you can get that coat with a clear conscience. No, dear, that's very sweet, but it's too late. I already did the damage, and this is going to be a lesson to me. A wife must always take the bitter with the better, I always say. Yes, you do always say. I'm going to teach me a lesson if it's the last thing I do. This hurts me more than it does you, but I'm calling him now. If that's the way you feel about it. Davis Furs. Hello, Mr. Davis. You know that mink coat that I was looking at? Yes. Well, I'm not looking at it anymore. Cancel it. What? Oh, this is terrible. Goodbye, Mrs. Ace. I've got to call my wife. Oh, no, you can't do that, John. I'm sorry, Mary, but that woman just canceled the coat. It's off. Call Herman and call off the house. But, Mrs. Davis, you can't call it off now. I thought I had that house sold to you. And I thought my husband had a mink coat sold, but the customer just canceled it. And now you're canceling the house? Oh, brother, I've got some canceling to do myself. What do you mean you don't want the paint? Sorry, but that's the way it is. But why? I thought you said you had that last house sold to a Mrs. Davis. I thought I had it sold to her, just like Mrs. Davis thought Mr. Davis had sold a mink coat to another woman who just called up and canceled the coat. You mean the whole thing depended on a mink coat? <laughs> That's right. That's why I'm canceling the paint job. Which reminds me, I've got some canceling to do myself. Well, maybe you're right, Jane. Maybe it is a lesson to you, and maybe it's best at that. Excuse me. Hello? Ace, this is Crown again. Yes, sir. The ad campaign is off. Finished. Canceled. Canceled? What's the matter? What happened? You wouldn't believe it if I told you. Just cancel it. I can hardly believe it myself. Believe what? Why did you cancel it? What's the reason? Mink coat. A what? See, I told you, you wouldn't believe it. Yes, I will. I just, I just didn't understand you. Sounded as if you said mink coat. <laughs> what did you say? Mink coat. Oh, you did say mink coat. I did. Mink coat, mink coat, mink coat. There, I said it again. But what's it got to do with our advertising campaign? You asked for it. Some lunkhead promised his wife a mink coat. He backed out, he didn't buy it for his wife, so the woman's husband, who sells mink coats, told his wife to cancel a house they were gonna buy, and the man who was going to sell the house called me up and canceled a big paint order, and I called you up, and I canceled the ad campaign. You mean it all depended on some mink coat? There is no use talking to me about this now. It all go back, it goes back to Mr. Davis now. If Mr. Davis's fur shop sells the coat, then we can talk business. But I don't see how I can talk to a furrier named Dave, named Dave, named, just hold the phone a minute. Jane! Yes? Jane, did I hear you just now call a Mr. Davis to cancel that mink coat? Yes, and I'm telling you it's going to be a lesson to me. And to me. Oh, Jane, you almost ruined this whole big advertising campaign for me. Me? For you? And me for you, and T for two. <laughs> I didn't have anything to do 
campaign. I know, and you still ruined it. It's a gift you have. Well, thanks, dear. I don't know what you're talking about, but I still won't take the coat. Oh, no, you will take the coat. I won't. Yes, you will, Jane. I insist you buy that mink coat. Well, this is an argument I never thought I would have if I hadn't heard it with my own ears. You're going to buy that coat right now, understand? Oh, now you're just being mean. You're stubborn. You're cruel. Oh, men are beasts. Still there, Mr. Crown. Oh, good. Mr. Crown, it's going to be okay. That lunkhead you just mentioned just bought that mink coat for his wife. <laughs> Everybody, mystery, get up. You've got two minutes. This just in several tornadoes are ravaging the Midwest. Four people have been killed, hundreds of people are affected. Other damages are still unknown. In other news, Mrs. Wilhelmina Wood, the eldest San Diego County resident, has died. She was 107. The Del Mar Fair continues until July 4th. Don't miss events like harness racing, gas model airplane demonstration, dancing competitions, a dog show, and the Con Fair West Coast Band. There's the puppet shows and horseshoe contests for the kids. And don't forget to say hi to Don Diego and the fairest of the fair. Coming up, we continue with our story hour with a five-minute mystery. One minute to air, places. Quiet on set, please. We are on air in five, four, three, two. Good evening. Welcome to this mystery show where you solve the mystery before the detective. Daily. It's a 
a miracle you didn't drown. The cold water brought me to, I guess. <laughs> I swam back to the dock and managed to get back to town in the car. By the good work, Miss Daly. <laughs> By the way, Miss Winthrop, that dog of yours seems to be thirsty. What's that, Inspector? The dog. You better get him a drink. Just look. He's really lapping up the water that's dripped off Miss Daly's coat here. Yes, he certainly is. <clears throat> now, Miss Winthrop, I'm going to make a phone call. And Miss Daly, you sit right where you are. If I'm right, and I'm sure I am, I'm placing you under arrest. You weren't robbed at all. You stole that money yourself. Stay with us and you'll find out in just a minute. But first. for another adventure, and don't forget to call Tyler and Angela Do Real Estate when you're looking for a new place, and then pick up a pie at Mom's Pie House. This is KJUL, wishing you a good night. Good job, guys! Get that recipe from you. Oh. 
Oh, Lila, don't forget your coffee. Now, let's close up, guys. Yeah, yeah, sure. Hey, Tom. Can we do one next week? Uh, I don't know. Go ahead and plan one. I gotta check with the boss to see if it works with his programming. No promises, though. Sure, sure. Thanks, Tom. You guys got a sponsor? Uh, not yet. Well, if the boss likes your show, he'll get you one. Great. All right, guys. I gotta get out of here. I'm heading to Joe's for Roger's birthday, but I can't stay late. See ya. Oh, Tom, you're still here? Oh, I've just forgotten my coat. Oh, yes, I was just heading out. Here, we get that for you. Well, thank you. There you are. I'm just getting my coat. Here, allow me. All right. We better be getting on home then. Uh, good night, Tom. Uh, you guys aren't going to Joe's for Roger's birthday? Oh, heavens no. I wouldn't be able to get George up in the morning. <laughs> I'm afraid she's right. <laughs> okay, well, good night then. Good night, Tom. Say good night, Gracie. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, honey. I was just grabbing my coat. <laughs> <laughs>